this is chillin'. What more can I say? Top villain. What up, everybody? This your boy Bill Bellamy, and you are watching and listening to number one podcast for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. This is Top Villain. We are here today with none other than NBA champion, sports analyst, podcaster, yeah. media hustler. He does it all. He's an activist. He's a father, and he's a great friend of the game. Um, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the the six eight. Six eight <laughs> Matt Barnes in the building. What I appreciate you, man. I'm glad we finally locked this oh, in, man. man. And yo, it's fine. hard, man. I had to we talk to your beauty, tag. talk to your people. Yeah. I'm up here like because I know you on so many different levels. I was like, yo, is he yeah. picking up the boys today? Maybe I'll ask him here it's today. It's just hard right now because it's the season, so I'm traveling a lot for the Kings, and then I'm Correct. traveling for all the smoke too, and then I'm traveling. I just got back from Vegas coaching the twins, so I'm like, I'm constantly basketball season is still really busy for me. Like the summertime is a little bit more chill for me, just like when I play. So you just got to, you know, keep the same groove yeah, on. Yeah, I, I love what you're doing, Matt, man. I've been watching your career. Um, I have known you literally your time, whole yeah. basketball career. Yep. And it is amazing how you have evolved. And I wanted that's what I wanted to this interview to, like, really, really, really give you your flowers because, you know, coming out of UCLA, going to the league, you know, um, getting your footing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, bouncing around, getting mm -hmm. it, come to the Lakers, the Clippers. Like, mm -hmm. you've been around. How did you find your groove in the NBA? It seems <sighs> such a hard vibe to catch. Just grind, man. Just hoop. And I, I, I felt like the NBA was just an audition for what was next in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, fortunately enough, I was able to play 15 years, make some good money, mm -hmm. uh, won a championship with the Warriors, uh, met some great people. But I felt like, Basketball was a great way to, I was always looking ahead, like what was next? What's Although next? I was still trying to focus on my job at, at the time, I was just like, you know, I'm meeting, I'm playing on these different teams, I'm meeting all these people in the front row because I know these are the business owners, these are the CEOs, their kids love our team, so I'm politicking at the same time. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> that was just kind of my, I, I, to answer your question, when I really felt like I found my footing in the league was, the 07 season. So I came in the league in 0203, mm -hmm. and I feel like I didn't really find my footing until I got a chance to uh, go play in Golden State the first time around. And, um, you know, I finally had a coach believe in me, give me some real minutes. And I was kind of able to show what I can do. And from there, I kind of understood, okay, I like to score, but that's not going to be my role in this league if I want to be, if I, if I want to make this a career. I'm gonna have to fight what my role is, and my role was defense, physicality. Oh my god! Dust up if we need to dust up. Oh man, and, uh, you yeah. always was for the and, shits, and, man. And, and knock down and knock down some shots uh, when needed. So that's kind of when you I was, started finding my. Fit. I know, but the thing about it though, um, especially in a in a scoring driven NBA league, the old school throwback guys that are the tough. God, mm -hmm. the guy that's willing to take the charge, the mm -hmm. guy that's, you know, on the ground for the extra possession. Mm -hmm. Those guys are very few in between. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like my eras of the Oakleys of the world, mm -hmm. uh, Xavier McDaniels, you know what I mean? Cats that was just rugged ass cats. Mm -hmm. It might not have always been in the stats the way yeah. it is now, but they really help people win. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Like yeah. a guy like Jamal Crawford, who's another guy that I love to death, you know, found the groove as a six man. Like yeah. everybody don't get to be Kobe and, yeah, right. uh, uh, you know, Dame Lillard and cats who get the ball every second. Yeah. They know they're getting 30 possessions. Yeah, and that was my thing because my look didn't really fit the, the the grinder or the enforcer or the the, yeah. the, 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 the hustler. You know what I mean? So I really had to kind of earn – 
that respect too because you know I came in six eight, light skin, good hair, tattoos, and like pretty boy. Like like how pretty boy gonna be tough? Like what's up with this dude? Right. I mean, so early on it was just you know I I tried to keep it basketball. Sometimes it got funky, but uh, you know you kind of had to earn that respect, and I you know I had no problem with that. I you know my background. It's tough. You know, I grew up, you know, with, you know, two parents that I, that I say were functioning drug addicts. You know, we never went without. We were always fed. We were always bathed. We, you know, we, we did our schoolwork. We had a roof over our head, but it was rough at times from food yeah. stamps to my dad out in the streets hustling. Um, you know, mom trying to be mom and dad at times. So <clears throat> one thing my dad always taught me, though, is your family is everything. So, you know, I had two, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. And if they fight, you fight, no matter what the fuck is. Yeah, they yeah, fight, we, you yeah, fight, or, fight. You, or you getting your ass whooped. So <laughs> exactly. it was always, it was always a fight, and it was always a fight with me. And it started at a young age, and I kind of just carried that ideal and that mantra to the NBA. Like if you're my teammate, you're my family. You know right. what I mean? So it was always, if you look back at the shit I was in in the league, it was never one on one me. It was always me coming to defense, probably my Absolutely, star or my man. teammates. So. Again, that was just kind of my role. I found my role. I was able to play 15 years. I, you know, I retired the first year into a three-year deal, so I actually got paid for playing 17 years, but only played 15 years. So I just kind of found my role. And Doc Rivers was, you know, had a great quote one time. He said, "Be a star in your role." You know, Chris Paul was the star of our team. Blake was the star of our team. But you could be a star in your role, and that shit, I just took that shit to that heart. Not only in basketball, everything. but life. In life, be a star <clears throat> in your role. Yep. Be a, and be a master of your lane. Right? Do you know what I mean? Because there ain't no traffic. I mean, you ain't see no LA. traffic. Ain't me. no traffic in that lane. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> ain't no traffic in that lane. There is no traffic yeah. for Bill Bellamy, and there's yeah. definitely no traffic for Matt Barnes. When I look at you now, man. Your evolution to me is really inspirational because there's no ceilings on you, right? Um, from the growth as an athlete to now, you know, owning your businesses and and being a star and really good at what you do. Like I remember first seeing you on ESPN, and I'm like, oh wow, I'm seeing Matt about to jump over here. Yeah, and I'm like, um, after two episodes, two days, I'm like, Matt, nice. <laughs> Next thing I know, Matt ain't going nowhere. <laughs> How did you get into the ESPN job? I lucked up, to be honest with you. Anything in the media space was, wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. You know, I was a huge cannabis advocate. So, yeah. you know, once I retired, I wanted to really kind of be the shield for players in the league because, you know, playing that long, I smoked high school, college, league, and it was always a risk. I could have got suspended. I got fined plenty of times. But I just thought it's just like, man, they're pumping us full of this bullshit but want to penalize us for something that is – beneficial keeps our ass in the house keeps us cooling out helps us recover so that was my first mission when I retired was you know I, myself and my brother Al Harrington you know we were taking trips to New York talking to the NBA talking to the MBPA just letting them know like you know there's medical research out here now behind you know this plant that you guys are deeming illegal unacceptable you, deeming, yeah. you know a gateway the, all the all the old stereotype uh, stereotypes that came with it there's medical research backing it up and, and showing why it's beneficial so that was kind of my first plan uh, invested in cannabis, you know, was kind of a shield for that. You know, like to think that I was a small part of change. You know what I mean? Because oh, we absolutely. were the people that you know pressed the line and 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 and, and did that. Uh, a friend of mine kept telling me, you know, while I was just kind of figuring out what was next, it's just like you know, I always wanted to learn how to produce and direct and kind of get behind the scenes and create content. But they're just like you always were so well spoken in your interview. You should try sports media. And I was just like, nah, man, my face has been on TV since I was 17. Like, <laughs> these motherfuckers are tired of seeing me. You right. know what I mean? Let me get behind. I want to learn behind. They're just like, yeah, you can learn behind. But at the same time, like, just stay fresh. Because if you keep your face on TV, those doors will continue to stay open. They were open as a player. I'm like, oh, you got a point there. So, when, you know, I started doing 
Fox and ESPN and Yo, was you're getting so good, good at it, yeah, I, was though, get, I, was, I was getting some solid responses and, 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 and people really started, you know, giving me positive feedback. I'm like, oh shit. And I, you know, so I, I took a liking to it and then it was cool because I was just, you know, learning and, and, and when I retired, obviously there was still a lot of my former teammates in the league. So I was just getting, a, you know, a deeper dive into their games and kind of analyzing their games and I, you know, I, I turned it into a career. So from there, you know, I, again, I was doing both Fox and ESPN. ESPN stepped to the plate, offered me a nice deal. So I've been with ESPN for almost the last three or four years now. Yeah. And, and through that, um, you know, people saw that, oh, man, he's not just a thug that likes to fight or a gang and, and, and all these old. But you, but you, you a smart thug that <laughs> yeah. like to fight. Well, I was I was educated. <laughs> You know, I was, I was, I, I, I had an education, right. you know what I mean? So I just think, I think my, my biggest thing post career was just showing people that side, Absolutely. you know what I mean? I think, cause you, you got to see me for two and a half hours a night and I might slap someone, I might cuss a ref out, I might get kicked out and like, oh, he's this or he's that, or he's just this, he's a punk, he's this. So I think, you know, I obviously credit social media and then, you know, just my ability to get on TV and start talking and people are like, oh, okay, well, he knows what yeah, he's talking about. Yeah, because once talk. they see you, once they see you, they're going to get it, you know, yeah. and I got it right away. And um, the thing that I think works for me as I'm taking myself out, like I don't know you, I'm, I'm just looking as a sports fan. Mm -hmm. What I like about what you do is it feels very authentic yeah. and you're fair. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if somebody say some crazy shit, you really, you correct it, yeah. you know, cause you have the back. Once again, back to this, you protect the players yeah. and you always give this like really inside sort of perspective yeah. on what's going on. Well, I think it's important. Um, you know, I think you, especially for former players, it's tough. And and I think that there's certain guys like Stephen A. Smith, and I got a lot of respect for the people that were in the space before that have kind of created their own lane. But I feel right. like, you know, as a former player, we have a responsibility, one, to a player to kind of really keep it real. Don't go with the old bullshit or the, or, or the you know, the, 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 the stuff they try to start. But at the same time, we have to critique because that's our job. So I think you can critique people without disrespecting them. And I think that line has been blurred or even erased now because now it's who can be the loudest and who could be the most disrespectful and who can get the most views on the dumb shit they say. You know, so I'm, I was never really for that. And I think what really also another thing that's kind of helped me continue to move up in this space is my realness and my authenticity. And, and I will speak my mind and I will have players back or I will go at another player if they're on some bullshit saying it publicly. You know what I mean? Because it's just like that's not... That's not, don't get caught up in the game with the people who never played. And I have a lot of respect because there's a lot of people that cover our game that are great that never played. But as people who've played, we have a responsibility to Absolutely. our brothers and then also to the fan base of really giving them and letting them know that inside look. You know, I, again, and I used to even make an example great, one of the best in the game, highest paid black uh, man in this space. Journalist. <laughs> but he can't tell you what it's like to shoot a free throw with two seconds to go to tie it up to go to overtime. He can't tell you what it's like in the locker room when you're in the finals and you're getting fucked up and the coach is making a crazy speech to kind of like he can't tell you the intricacies of the game. So I think as former players, that's kind of where we come in. And, and, and to me, if you have enough to talk about, you don't have to disrespect people. So I just think there's just way too much disrespect in the game right now and I think that you know I've been able to stay authentic and true I to love my it. lane and, mm -hmm. and it, I've been able to again carve out a niche in my lane I, I even you know what else I, I respect about you too is even when you make a, you make a mistake you don't always get it right and, but, it. but the dopest shit though to me is like you you stand on it you're like listen I made a mistake yeah 
And plain uh, and simple. And it and I and I apologize. I was Boom. wrong. Done. You ain't you ain't running from yeah. it. You jump right yeah. on it. Well, because you know, I mean, even in your space, if someone would talk shit about you, it would be on the front page. Yeah. And then if they were wrong, it would be yeah, on the back on the, page, on the page. Tiny, <laughs> some bullshit. Like no, right, let right. let that let that wrong statement or maybe even a disrespectful statement. Mm-hmm. If I was wrong about it, to me, it has to be just as loud because the disrespect was loud. So the apology can't be quiet, you know, or the, or like the correction that. can't be quiet. So, again, and I take shit for it. I mean, oh, you wishy-washy, you this, this, and that. You suck it up for the white. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just keeping it real. Like, I would say this shit whether I'm on TV or if I was just a homie. Like, Bill, my bad. I, you know, I fucked up. I misspoke on you. I was wrong about that. You right. know what I mean? I, and that's how I would move in my regular life. So I moved the same way I would move. Obviously, on, uh, in my regular life, on TV. So, if, and I understand now that everything I say is going to get broken down oh and my dissected God. and critiqued. So, I really have to really understand and know what I'm saying before I talk. But if there is a few times where I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to tell you. Yeah, that's 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 100 for me. I mean, I, I love it, man. I love what you and and Stack is doing, man. It's like you guys have such amazing chemistry. Um, your show uh, uh, is all the smoke. All the smoke, yeah. all the smoke is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Thank you. You get every kind of guest. You guys keep it real. Do I have a question for you? Because since it's all the smoke, do mm-hmm. you really smoke on that show? So we started off first, no. Like, we came up with a show idea. I created a show, and we took it to them, and they're just like, oh, you know, we love the show, but I don't think you guys can smoke. You know, this is it's a, it's a big production. This is showtime, you know right. what I mean? So it's just like, okay, you know, we'll pay our dues, but eventually if we start doing our thing, I'm going to revisit this. So, you know, first year in the space, we come out and we win Sports Podcast of the Year. So I'm like, okay, we got some leverage now. So what's up? Let's go. Smoking. Let's and, get, we smoking. <laughs> and I think the the first guest we broke, because obviously if you come to our show before, we're blowing it down, drinking, listening to music, have some food, kick back. We try to create a cool environment. But I think once we kind of had a little bit of hardware behind what we were putting to the world, correct. I went back like, you know, let us, you know, continue to do us. It's got to be inch by inch and, and, and it, it'll be strategically. So the first time we smoked on the shows was Snoop and Dylan. I tell you, dude, you cannot smoke. not smoke with Snoop. Right, man. We, we burned it down and, <laughs> and now it's, now it's normal. So now if we want to do it now, it's just, you know, obviously we wouldn't smoke with a current athlete on the show, but we could smoke with a retired athlete or, you know, we just released DJ quick. And at the end of the, you know, end of the, towards the end of the episode, we started burning it down with him. And I wish I would have smoked earlier because that nigga got so much looser and just started oh, telling me different man. type of stories. So, again, we strategically <laughs> pick when we smoke. But, yeah, we can't smoke now to answer your question. So so the question I was going to ask you because I did uh, Mike Tyson's podcast. Oof. And Mike got bites and, and Mike's gummy. got everything. Mike got mushrooms. Everything. Yo, 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 Mike got everything. He was like, first of all, you gotta take you gotta take it with the gummies. They're very powerful. They're very powerful. Do you wanna go sleep or you wanna be excited? Yeah. And I <laughs> Yeah, I help co-host that show sometimes. So I did his show one time back in the day and he blew me away because this dude smoked like five joints in an hour. Come on, like, man. I was like, damn, I thought I smoked my mind fucking with Mike. Mike was but then he would be blowed blowed. So obviously he's kind of found his balance now. But like you said, there's there the mic bites with the ear that he yeah. bit off a of holy field. There's mushrooms. There's Yo, fruit. There's bro. weed. There's toad. There's anything you want to dive into on Mike's show. You got to be careful because you'll really take that fucking dive and then you'll be gone while you're Yo, doing the interview. I was but. sitting in my truck for like 25 minutes, <laughs> stuck. Like didn't even realize I was in neutral. I was oh, wondering like why my why, why am I, not I was moving? like I put it in drive. It was in yeah. neutral. Oh, it was not moving. Man. Hey, so I have a fun question. Since you, the mm-hmm. cannabis is definitely your forte. Yeah. Like, uh, do you think now that 
we've really dived into the, the cannabis world that is some of it might be a little too strong for the average oh consumer, absolutely right well it's a science now like back when Jesus. i used to smoke you know when i used to smoke there was pretty much you know it was the og or the perp you know what i mean and that's what i smoke but now there's just different to me it's more of a science now and now it's all about if you're a newer smoker it's how you know how much thc how you know it's it's got to be above 30 like i'm not that kind of person like i smoke for a buzz or a vibe or a taste these people smoke to be zombies. Like I don't <laughs> want that. Like I got six kids. I got. I gotta. I gotta. Go, I, gotta I gotta go be on TV later. Like I literally smoke every day. So it's got to be something that light, it, nice you know, and easy, nice and easy, or just you know yourself. You know what I mean? Like know how much you can handle and still function. You know what I mean? Like I'll, my routine in the morning literally is I wake up six thirty, get the kids ready for school, take them to school, work out smoke on the way home study for my show if i'm going on espn and then go do my show and then and you so, good you can have good. a full day and coach and the, yeah that's what i'm saying then after the show i'll smoke on the way home and pick up the kids from school and then we got homework then we got practice and then once we get everything down i'll smoke to go to sleep so it, like there's different types that i'll smoke during the day but i'm pretty much smoking throughout the day but like i said i, I know what myself would you, i know what would you recommend for me as a rookie a guy who don't smoke like a, i just want to feel like right, high, right like in a, the pocket a hybrid sativa probably i would start with and it's a little more euphoric more of a little body high more of a thoughtful get your wheels turning that's when i do most of my again most of my my, my thinking is when i'm on that and i'll you know okay i need to change this i need to do this for the show or mm -hmm. I, i'm going to bring this to the show today so that's when i kind of really try to get in my creative because you know that the, these uh, indicas will they lay you down. They're just so strong, and I've been smoking for so long. It's just like there's some stuff I just don't fuck with. Like I've been smoking since I was 14. I just turned 43 the other day, but there's some shit I'm like I'm cool, bro. That's that's too see much you for a me. pro, and you's like I'm good with that because I know myself. You know I don't I don't dab. I don't do the dabs. I don't I don't do the you know all that extra that that fun shit that people like I'm cool, man. Like I need to know how I'm gonna get there, how fast I'm gonna get there, and when I'm gonna come down. Like I can't just I just, just can't, can't be, jumping. be up there. I can't be jumping in the ocean with no clothes on. Man. <laughs> Can't do it. I, I can tell you a really quick funny story. So when I was hooping, this is way pre-COVID. We used to hoop like three, four days a week. The dudes, there's like six or seven dudes would, would, would hit it right before we start playing, right? So they get in the car. They standing outside the car right before the you know the little game. They're like, yo, man, I always smoke a little stuff before I go. Man, this get me in there. This right, get me yeah. in there. And then when we start playing, every time you pass the ball, they say, my bad. I see you right. You right. Because I feel like people who smoke is a beat off. You got to know yourself. Because I smoke before games. So that's my mind's different. Mine is to focus. Mine is to relax. Mine is to like. Do it make your thing. jumper wetter when you when you relax? I'm just in that zone. You right. know what I mean? I'm in a zone. I'm in a mental space that I know I need to be in because, you know, my I, I don't look at it. Obviously, like I said, I want to hit jumpers and all that. But I, every night I'm guarding Kobe. I'm guarding LeBron. I'm guarding KD. I'm guarding D Wade. I'm guarding Melo. I'm guarding Ginobili. I'm guarding Steph. I'm guarding Damn. Clay. So. My focus in zone is now I'm studying on my phone. I'm looking at their moves. Okay, when he goes two dribbles left, what is he going to do? When he goes one dribble right, he's going to shot fake me twice. So I got to, you know what I mean? So I'm getting locked in on kind of that level. And that really helps me focus. And then by the time the game hits, it's like it's it's an autopilot. You in there. I'm an autopilot, See, yeah. Hey, man, that's masterful. You never hear it like that. You never yeah. hear the inside thoughts of yeah. these of these players who specialize in certain things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love I love basketball I, as a fan. I've mm -hmm. always been, you know, a fan of the game and of my guys that play. Right. Guys like yourself who've definitely definitely carved their way. But I feel like 
this new culture, you know, when I watch sports, there's always that old school, new school thing. Like yeah. it, like in hip hop, mm-hmm. right? Old school, new school. Mm-hmm. And uh, most recently we had this John Morant situation that really, 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 really like just became a firestorm for him mm-hmm. and, and the Grizzlies. And I was thinking as bad as it is happened for John Morant, unfortunately, and hopefully that works out, it makes Allen Iverson look normal. <laughs> like, we was tripping, bro. Like, yo, when Allen Iverson was playing ball, the NBA was losing their mind. He didn't pull no guns. They changed the dress code because of him. Like, yo, there was rules y'all had to get him. suited for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, c- case in point, let's say what? Was that 2002? Early 2000s, yeah. Early, right? When I first came in the league, yeah. First coming in the league. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson came to the game with a do-rag on, hat to the side, diamonds. Baggy t- jeans. Baggy jeans low. X white tee. Come on. Mm-hmm. And he was the antichrist yeah. of the NBA. Yeah. Then cut to 20 years, some 20-some years later, Jock is just, you know, chilling in a strip club with a gun, though. I mean, it's a gun. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it was right. little. It was tiny. Yeah. It, was, it didn't look real. I thought it was a play-play gun. I didn't even... Because I've never seen nobody have a gun that little. What is right. that? A 13? A 22? What is it? It was a, a six. It was a six. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you can't even shoot it. It was yeah. so little. It was like right here. So all jokes aside, you know, in a situation like now where the culture has changed on so many levels, do you think um, there's some unfairness now for the new guys? I don't... I love Ja, one of my favorite players. Uh, but that was self-inflicted. Correct. Like he, it wasn't like somebody caught him doing that. Like he told on himself. You know what I mean? He Correct. put the gun up. And to me, I'm all for if you feel like you need protection, carry it, bro. Because we are targets out here. But I was taught you pull a gun to use. You don't pull a gun for likes. You don't pull a gun for comments. You don't pull a gun to dance. Well, if you're an athlete, you don't right. pull a gun to dance. You know, you may see rappers do shit, but they live by a different rule book. You know what right. I mean? There's no commissioner to what the fuck they're doing. Like, right. We got a commissioner and we got <laughs> sponsors, endorsements, and fans and little kids that look up to us. So it's just like we have to move different. a little different. So what I say it's unfair, I say it's unfair now because you really have to watch yourself. Like if there was cameras early on, even when I was at UCLA, if they would have caught how hard we were going or the kind of shit we were doing, it would have been a different outcome for a lot of us. Correct. But now that you do have to be aware that, you know, everywhere you go from the second you step out of your house, sometimes in your house, if you got the wrong company, you can be filmed. So I just think with Jaws whole thing and then the world's been telling what he needs to, I just hope he understands his importance in this space. I mean, this Absolutely. is a space we definitely that need him. he's 23 years old. He's going to be one of the faces because I believe he's going to get the help he needs. He's going to come back stronger and better, and that's going to be trouble for the league. But, you know, this is a, a, a young league where, you know, tell me, name five American NBA superstars under 25. You, it's hard to do. It's a lot of European guys. So for – for the you know for the American born players it's like Ja Jason Tatum I mean yeah. I'm, there's a handful of guys I don't you know De'Aaron Fox there's a bunch of different guys but at 23 we had a little bit of bread in our pocket but we didn't have 200 million no nah, not 200 we didn't million. have uh, our and we and we didn't have Instagram yeah no exactly we didn't have a signature <laughs> shoe we right. didn't have a new so I just hope he understands that he has the world in his hands he's gonna make a shitload of money on and off the court as long as he understands that this can all be taken away I think for a moment he just thought he was invincible. And how can you not? You're one of the best young players in the world. You got endless money. You got endless resource. You never have anybody telling you no. You kind of think like you're unfuckwittable. And I think that he started to realize that 
it was bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And then it culminated with him kind of telling on himself with the gun. So I just think he he, he, he understands now yeah, that yeah, I mean, we I need hope to pump so. my brakes a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? because it's, a long, it's a long road. You know, when you think about a career, you, you said relatively 15 years yeah. to 17 to mm-hmm. get that kind of a run. Um, and especially on a level where he has the yeah. potential to go, oh, man. you got to play the game. Well, if you think about it, I mean, he's 23 and his contract next year kicks in and, and it's 230 with incentives, 230 million. So at 24, he'll have a contract that runs until maybe he's 27. He has a chance to catch two more in our new collective bargaining agreement that is about to happen. These these max players are about to be making 50 to $60 million a year. So he has a chance to catch oh, two way. more 300 plus million dollar contracts in just basketball, not to mention what he can pull in off the court. So I just think he has to just. Yeah, take I would, a step I would, I would take a beat on that job. We yeah. love you, man. Come on, man. Let's get that. We need, we, we, we need, need you. We, we need, need you. Like, it's he so is, fun to he, watch. You know, he's and what the, he, He's one of the faces of young American born players yes. that are kind of doing their thing because Europeans are holding it. You look at the last handful of, you know, MVPs and you look at Luca on the way and you see what Joker's been doing. You see what Embiid is and what Giannis is doing. Like, Americans have kind of been pushed out a little bit, you know, Steph and KD and Braun and right. all these guys, you know, they're on their way out. So who is going to hold the crown, you know, the torch for three know, years from now, four on, years. Man. Yeah. And, and he's one of the players with his talent is, is, is undeniable. So I just think it's, you know, sometimes it's decision making. You get caught in the moment. Uh, you had never have nobody telling, you, you know, you feel like you got to bring the whole hood or all the homies with you everywhere you go. But it's like, you know, when I, when I was, when we talked about when it first happened, I just, and I think maybe Dion Cole said this. I watched one of his comedies. Like, you have friends that are meant for different levels. And each level you grow, you have to let go of a few people. And, yeah, you know, yeah you're going to bring some people, but not everyone is meant to go because you're going to the top. Correct. There's not a lot of space up there, you know, to hang out. So you're going to take, and I'm the last person to tell you, because I've been in so much motherfucking trouble. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, as but that's you why get I older. Like, but that's why I like having you, Matt, because yeah. you are honest about it. Like, you know you with <laughs> oh, the yeah. shits. Like, every yeah. time I turn on TMZ, you done did some shit. Yeah. Or you know some shit, or yeah. you was close to some shit. It, well, my whole thing is just like, there's <laughs> there's no skeletons in my closet, Bill. Like, all my shit is, like, because like, you know, I have political aspirations one day. You know what I mean? So if people think, well, I'm going to talk about this motherfucker they've been talking about that you know what i mean like that was you know so it's just like to me is okay it only becomes a problem when you don't learn you know and again my stuff situation is it wasn't really me out here fucking around or doing dumb shit it was just real shit was brought to my plate and i don't do disrespect you know whether i'm an athlete or i'm first i'm a man i'm a father i gotta look my kids in the eye so i can't let some shit slide so some shit i just reacted like I wasn't an athlete because right. it, it didn't matter to me at that time. Like, right. no, I'm not playing this game. So I don't ever go looking for trouble. Sometimes it, it jumps on my front porch and I got to kind of deal with it the best way I can in the moment. And and I've made plenty of mistakes while doing that. But again, I, you know, it, it comes from a genuine place and a, and, and a pure place. And if anyone who knows me, they know I'm one of the, just the most laid back, coolest, down to earth people you'll ever meet. But my reputation sometimes precedes me. Yeah, but I think I think um, what you do that gives all that the sort of the levity that it needs is that you're very authentic and you don't run away from you know you don't have Twitter fingers as they call them or you know cats that just pop shit you know mm-hmm. online. And I, this is one of the things that I um I'm, I, I realize that I'm an OG in this in this regard is that one thing I don't like about social media is how if me and you got a beef about something. I'm going to say the beef on social media instead of calling you and I got your phone. Mm. That that shit is yeah. whack to me. Like super. to me I, I, it's super whack. Like I rather people stop doing that because 
a personal situation could be handled in 10 minutes, five minutes. But then you add fuel to the fire and let yeah, everyone have a Now you got everybody, now, the now their families and the different and the other around the way, they talking shit. Now this shit done turned into yeah. a, a... And I and I also just live by the rule, like, don't, don't say nothing on social media you wouldn't say to somebody's face. Because I think, you know, you with go. that screen, you feel a little bit more comfortable. Maybe you're in your mom's <laughs> basement talking that extra shit, knowing, like, bro, you wouldn't say that to me if we were face-to-face. Like, so I always live by, like, I'll never say nothing on Instagram, on TV. Right. If it's an issue dealing with someone that I wouldn't say to your face. Right. Plain and simple. Well, with the with the NBA, you know, um, I, I have a question for you because I don't know how they handle with everyone – being immersed inside of social media as an NBA, a present NBA player, do you do they kind of like want you guys to kind of fall back on the social media, or do they want it? No, I mean they they encourage you to you know everyone is a brand now, and that mm-hmm. that's shout out to David Stern. David Stern, you know when he took over in the early '80s, although it was a team sport, he promoted individuals, and I think that's why the game has continued to grow because he did such a great job. So fast forward now, where you're literally. You're you're and you're not a business. You're a business. You know, I'm Correct. not a businessman. I'm a business. Like so, you represent yourself. So, I mean, they're all for you promoting yourself, but at the same time, they have a ton of people scouring the social media, every platform, every single day, looking for. Right. I used to get fined a lot for you know saying like fuck and shit on Twitter. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like I'm grown <laughs> as hell. Like I can't say it. no. You can't. You know what I mean? So it's just like. You just have we have to move different, and it's it and it comes with it, it comes with money, it comes with recognition, it comes with fame, it comes with a lot of different things. But we just have to move different. So, although I used to like this, like I, I'm as regular as can be, I'm the most regular NBA player. I still have to move different because I am an NBA player. Right, and you still want to make sure that you keep yourself safe. I yeah. mean, a lot of times, like when I back in the day, you know, me and Shaq would be hanging out or going somewhere, and. He always had, you know, his self protected. Like he just like just in case, you know, you know, you, know, you and I, I understand. You know, um, one of my good friends, Mike Epps, had a situation a couple days or a couple weeks ago, and he was just being honest. He forgot, like you know, he's like, look, I travel. Um, you know, I have jewelry, I have, you know, uh, money on me sometimes, and I just don't want to get caught slipping. Mm-hmm. So, is there a way? I just think that if you need to have a firearm, I think you should just have, you know, security that's that's armed. Then it yeah, keep, yeah, but at the same do time, do you think you need it like, as well as a player your own? Uh, it just depends. I was someone who never moved around with a gun, mm. never, ever, and it's just because I, I, I try to. And not to say I haven't been in no sticky situations throughout my career, but I just try to move the right way. I show respect. I show love. I, you know, I don't fuck with everyone, but I fuck with everybody. You right. know what I mean? And if it, you know, we keep it cordial. I'm gonna shake your hand. I'm gonna look you in the eye. I'm gonna keep it G. Short conversation or not, I'm gonna keep it moving. So I just really try to stay out of those situations. Some people like to be in those situations. So I feel like if you feel like you need it. It's it's good to have it, but then people, are, well, why don't you just hire security? But it's just like, damn, around the clocks, that's not cheap. Around the clock security, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm running to the, I'm, I, damn, I got to run some, grab some milk real quick from the grocery store. Like you call security, you look at Nip's situation. Damn, I'm running up to the shop real quick to go give some so homies just got out. I'm gonna give them some, you know, lace them with some gear, right? And you run into something, you know what I mean? So it's just like it's. It's such a hard gauge. Like, yeah. am I always moving around security? Do I carry my own gun well, when well, I you, go out? I'm gonna tell you know what I mean. So it's just like to each his own. I, I never want to tell nobody what they should and shouldn't do. But it's right. just like I, I think every situation is different. So, like, I'll give you a prime example. Like, I you know, I travel just like NBA players do. I go to the same cities. I do shows. Mm-hmm. 
and I've been in Memphis. Mm. And Memphis can get Memphis can get rough. Real. Yeah, like Memphis could go from zero to one hundred mm-hmm. real quick. Like you could just be like right. having a good time, having some ribs at rendezvous, and then two miles down here, and it could just be like pop, 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 pop. And I've been there, yeah. and I've seen it happen. Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm gonna keep something with me. If Shit, I'm even here. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're in the the capital right here. You know what I mean? The Bay. The, you know, every city has has those things, but. You know, Bill, what I found out during my playing career is I just think that I kept it so real and authentic that every time, and this is, you know, knock on wood because anybody can get get it at any time. Like, people fuck with me just because how real I kept it. So whether I knew them or not, it was Bloods, Crips, Vice. It don't matter where I was, what city I played in Memphis. I used to be with Zebo in the hood, and they just always show love because it just, like I said, I tried to be genuine. I never tried to be more. I'm not the toughest motherfucker by any means. I'm just not with the bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, play, plain and simple. You know what I mean? So I think Shout I Shout out to Zebo yeah, real quick. Uh, the homie. I mean, so I, I used to get so much love but just because I just feel like I, I, I you know, I, I carry myself with morals. I carry myself with integrity, with integrity and, and I moved the right way. And, 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 and even if I did that, son, you know, I could have ran into some bad luck. But luckily, I didn't. But there are guys that just move certain ways. And, and But also, I think another thing is I never made, I was never into jewelry. Mm-hmm. I was never into the big chains. The homies went through the big chains. And, the, and that was never really me. Because to, to me, I'm always thinking it's not what's on you, it's what's in you. Right. You know what I mean? So I was never really one that moved like that. So I didn't make myself a target by just having a bunch of stuff Being on guarded, I yeah. tried to move the right way. And, it, you know... And it and it, it's so it, far it worked, so good. It worked out okay for me. Well, one of the, one of the other additions to your life um, that I think really, really, it feels like it just brought brought another sort of uh, energy to you is being a father. Oh, like it, it's like I feel like, ever. dude, you got like you got the daddy thing down yeah, there. Like it's locked in. Like like you make me proud. Like I'm like <laughs> yo, I hope I come off like a dad, like Matt, because yeah. like you, I'm in it too. Right. I'm like I'm full throttle, twenty four seven, never complain. Yeah. I'm with this shit mm-hmm. when it comes to my kids, man. It, it is the the joy that I see. Uh, it, on your face with your boys and yeah. your new kids, uh-huh. it's it's just like man, you got your own thing, man. It's fun, it's, uh, you know. I just think you know, my dad was there, but he wasn't. My dad was out trying to provide. My dad and I, although I saw him every single day in my life, we didn't really have a relationship. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was just he was out there trying to provide. He was running the streets. He was working. He was doing different shit. So. You know, my dad and I didn't get close until my mom died when I was 27, and and from there till now I'm 43. Now he's been absolutely amazing, great relationship, talk often, see each other. He's a great, great papa to all you know to my kids. But right. I always told myself if I'm fortunate enough to be a father, I'm gonna, that's it. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be do the it. best yeah. father I can be. You know what I mean? And I think obviously now and again something that was very public. You know, you know my ex-wife well yeah. too. So we're going through a lot of bullshit when our shit stopped working and you know we went our different ways and there was a dust up and everything but at the at the same time I never lost focus of what's important the kids you know what I mean and, and the kids are the most important and granted did I make some decisions uh, mistakes along the way absolutely but at the same time it was it was never intentional if it if it ended up hurting them it was never intentional so I just feel like you know fatherhood is it, and I, and I feel like there's such a there there has been such a, a stigma on black fathers in particular. Absolutely, that, that was you know like fuck that. That's whether it's true or not. That's old. That's not our generation, or that's not my group of homies. Like we're all fathers before, like I told you before. Like with the disrespect, like I'm a father before I'm a basketball player. Father first. So I just 
never lost sight of that. I think being a father is amazing. Uh, you know, and shout out to my ex-wife because she does her job as far as being a mother. You know right. what I mean? Because to me, we need both. And, and, and we've been able to work through our differences and understand, like, we got two young men. And even even Derek in this situation now, like, we had a real, after we got in our little dust, we had a Woo! conversation. And I told him, I'm like, bro, because I was still playing. I was like, to keep it G, like, you see my boys more than I do because I'm still playing. So I need you to discipline them. I need you to be a role model. I need you to kind of be the, fa- the, the father figure in their life. And, and the boys loved D. And that was part of the reason why I squashed the shit is because it wasn't really about... We were cool before, but it wasn't really about, oh, fuck this nigga for life. It was just like, no, like, I felt like you crossed the line. We discussed that, and now we're cool. But at the same time, now we got two young men to now raise. Now what we going like, to do? You helping me raise my son, so let's, you know, let's be the best we can at that. So, Can I have a funny moment? Yeah, absolutely. There, there, well, there is a joke, uh, not a joke, but there was a, there's basically a myth that you drove. <laughs> <laughs> 200 miles. Yeah. It was 150 miles in 42 minutes. Was it? Was it? Did you get down here fast? Because nah, so I, I thought I saw you go past me on a one on one. I think no, it was no, because uh, no, I think so. Kanye rapped about it and, and said something like 90 miles. And so the story was we were all in. We were in. Everybody was yeah. got a mythical story of how fast you got here. We were in Santa Barbara the day of the shit happened. And I was playing for Memphis at the time. So right. we had training camp in Santa Barbara. So I told, and me and G were cool at the time. Like, yo, I'm gonna, you know, I, I went to Memphis early. Mm-hmm. I came back like, yo, we have training camp out here. Can you bring the boys? I'd love to see them. So I got her room at the hotel and then the boys stayed with me. So they were there for two days and then the coach gave us the Sunday off. So training camp ended Saturday. So I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna go back to LA and chill for a day, hang out with the kids, check in with some of my homegirls and, and you know what I mean? And before I have to go back to Memphis. So I'm driving with G back to, and the boys back to LA. Okay. So then from I, Santa Barbara. From Santa Barbara. So I get dropped off, and then the shit happens later that night. Like I was just with her and the boys, and then he ends up being at the house. I find out from the boys, and what happened happened. So I really drove. The funny part was, so I had both my cars in Memphis at the time, and I had one of my homies living with me. So the funny part was, this is before Uber. So the, I, I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't like, have a ride? Once I found out, I didn't know how the fuck I was going to get over there. But I was, if I had to walk, I was going to motherfucking walk from Marina Del Rey to Redondo Beach, but I was going to get there. So my homie is out of town, but he has he has the Bentley downstairs, and I'm flipping the house upside down trying to find the key, and he's, and he's not answering. I'm getting mad as fuck. Kept calling, kept calling. So he finally tells me where the keys are. And I looked, flipped the whole house up except that one spot. They were sitting right there. Went downstairs, get downstairs. The bitch is on a flat. And I'm like, oh! I can't fuck his car up. I can't fuck his car, but, but you want to. I got to get there. <laughs> so, Bill, when I told you, I put the motherfucking hazards on and drove two blocks to the gas station. Put some air in that like bitch. four or five miles an hour. <laughs> put some motherfucking air in the tire and shot down to the South Bay. So I drove 15 minutes. Uh, the funniest part to me was how, that part was how I had to get like, how, was you, I, how was I going to get gonna there? You was going to maneuver enough. I was going to get there. If I had to fly there, I was going to get there. Let if me I had tell to jog you there. how ridiculous the story was. The story was that you drove from Sacramento, which is five <laughs> hours. 300 miles. They That's said, crazy. This, this is how bad stories get Man, flipped. Urban they legends. said, yo, the urban legend was Matt found out what he found out. <laughs> He drove 300 <laughs> miles from Sacramento to L.A. in 42 minutes. Nah. <laughs> I'm nah. like, yo, brother, it would have been helicopters following nah, you at was, that point. It was 10, it was 10 minutes, see, literally. See, see how That's exaggerated? How I, wanted to, I, wanted to, I wanted to hear that from and you. Maybe if I listened to like some R&B, if I had some Tony Tony, but you know, my ass had some Tupac on, so there was no turning there back. There was no, you know, oh, I hit, I hit, I hit him up. Yeah, I hit, <laughs> 
Yeah, for real. I, I hit I hit Gilbert Arenas up like, bro, I'm about to go pull some shit. You might have to bail me out in a little while. So he was on standby. And yeah, you had. He went, and, 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 and we got to functioning. <laughs> I love it, man. man. But to fast forward it now, like, again. Now it's like good. Said, Everything's cool. I don't cool. like to, because I feel like, you know, I don't want to throw no disrespect that way because we're all on good terms. So like I said, like cool. that happened. He and I had a conversation of why it happened. I explained my side. He explained his side. We shook hands and we were cool after that. And then, like I said, that's where the fathering part came in. Like, Yeah, because hey, it's a bigger, playing. higher purpose. I'm still playing. Like, I need you to do. He's like, you know, I got you. I love the boys. That's like, you know, they love you too. That's part of the reason why I came to squash this shit. So <clears throat> it was it was a crazy situation that, that, that again, because, you know, motherfuckers have died for much less. Come on, man. Much when less. When it comes to the kids. Much less. You know zero, what I mean? So, zero I, tolerance. You know, so we, you know, we had our situation. We were able to get through it, and, and now things are great. You know, she was even helping me coach, you know, for, for a little while till her schedule got too busy. We were just all in Vegas together, her and Derek and, and the boys and I, and, you know, as we were playing in our championship this last week. And so... Things are good, but it, how, it took how old them are the to boys now? Eighth grade, fourteen. So they're fourteen, yeah. and they're about what six one, six two. So they're about like five ten, five like. So this is my, and I've been telling them, and they've been getting gas because their bodies are super sore. And I'm telling you, you guys are growing, but like one's in a fourteen, one's in a thirteen. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was your guys' height in the eighth grade, and by the time I started my freshman year, I was six four, and by the time I got to my junior year, I was six eight. So like, the Take time to start growing is is it's it's on the way. It's, it's coming. on the way. So they because. Because everyone had already passed them up. You know, most of the kids now are kind of hold back. So they're, you know, from 14 to 15 is a huge difference. You got hair everywhere. Your voice is getting deeper. You're getting bigger. So right. they're, you know, they're actually their right grade and they're, right they're, age. See, I did it like yeah, that too with yeah. my son. I'm so like, I'm right not, I'm not yeah. holding back. Nah. My son's 16, 6, 5. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's his real yeah. age. Yeah. So like I said, it, it's coming. So I've been telling like, bro, I was literally both, you know, I was your guys' height when I was your age. And. All of a sudden, and they already have one of them has bigger feet than I had at that age too. So I, you know, they're about to start stretching out. But eighth grade, yeah. And then I got, you know, obviously Ash, who's four years old, but he loves hanging out with the twins. So he's four year old with the fifteen year old vocabulary, which is not good. Not good. He's going around saying nigga this, nigga that, and shut up. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, oh, bro, oh. you're about to get kicked out Woo! of pre pre. Woo! You're about to get kicked out of pre preschool. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then obviously, you know. You know Matt, what, what, Matt? Can you come to the school, please? Oh man, Jesus but Christ! He's so good; he knows when to use it, which is crazy because he's only four. Like the the, the teacher, oh, he's great, and you know, except when people make him mad, he we have to teach him to keep his hands to himself. And I'm like, you have to understand, he's the youngest of six, so he has to throw him at the crib. Yeah, you know, he, he ain't got, got yeah, no choice. He, he got to throw. He's him, a little so. scrappy. So we got him, and then obviously, you know, having three bonus kids. You know, we have an 11 year old daughter now who goes to school with the twins, and then a 10 year old son and an eight year old son. So we, you know, we have six kids from four to 14. So it's a modern family. Oh, it's, you know, it's, the black, it's the black Brady's. It's you know the black. I mean? It's and, the black Brady's. And it's the new norm. You know what I mean? Like, just unfortunately, you know, till death do us part doesn't really work in our society no more. And I commend anyone who could stick it out and, and make it work because it's a lot of work. But you know, unfortunately, our shit didn't work out. Hers didn't work out. So, you know, now we've been able to bring our families together. And that's still not easy, but you learn on the fly. You know, it, it was hard. One of the hardest transitions for me is mm -hmm. I cuss a lot. So when, you know, we moved in together, like, I'll tell the twins, go get your fucking homework done. But they'll hug me right after that because they know it's just how I say it. But right. if I'm telling someone who's not around, like, oh, my God, he said fuck or he said right. this, you know what I mean? So I kind of <laughs> had to find that line of them understanding, like, if I say shit, fuck or right. 
get the fuck upstairs or take a fucking shower. Like, I'm not mad at you. I just, that means just take a shower. daddy talk, yeah, though. Yeah, just, just, just remove the cuss word and just do the other thing I said. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like finding re- the balance. Don't hear the band. adjective. Yeah. Do the action. Do the action. <laughs> do the action. So, you know, that was kind of what, what I, I struggled with early because, like I said, yeah. I, I'll cuss in a, like I have to cuss that's myself hilarious. so many times on ESPN because I'm just cuss and that's kind of what it is. But do, they, what, do, they, do they do over? Do they say do over? Oh, oh no, no, it? I can't. They let me. I slide with shit a lot because shit be slipping out on ESPN <laughs> sometimes. They they let me slide and I'll see a smile, but then I'll just like, oh, I got to reel myself. I'm not on all the smoke right now. All right, we're I'm not on, on all I'm, the smoke. I'm on, I'm on a Disney platform you're, right yes, now. Yes, you're you're so talking. You messing with the Mickey check right now. <laughs> right. I saw something um just a few days ago with uh, Dame Dame Lillard. It was it happened to Dame Lillard because he scored so many points. They right after the game they gave him a drug pe- test. a drug test. What, what it's kind random, of t- right? Yeah. What, what so. What what kind of tests are they getting? What are they looking for when they do that? I never heard of that. Uh, I'm confused. I don't know because they don't test for for cannabis no more. So I mean, I think maybe PEDs. I'm guessing some, some, so, uh, so super like, hot so jump like shot gro- pill, so like growth. Yeah, I was just saying like what is, none of that shit is super gonna wet. make you it's get called super wet. right. None of that shit is gonna get you seventy. <laughs> I know whatever he's taking, whatever he's taking, it gonna get you seventy. Because if he's taking it, other people have taken it. They haven't dropping seventy, so he's not new to this shit. So. When they say the tests are random, they full of shit. They I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yo. So if, so, so if, if you got fit, you score fifty tonight. They gotta get a, you yeah. gotta get a drug test. Same thing happened to Donovan Mitchell. Remember Donovan Mitchell, same thing, and then Dame, same thing. So it's, they don't want y'all scoring past seventy. It, it's not. That, <laughs> is it so, bad for business? Yeah, it's bad for business. You yeah, guys, you guys start this shit. It'll never yeah. stop. I just don't like when. Just be real and be transparent. Like where it's not random. It's selective. Right. That's what it is. So. So so if I score thirty five tonight, that's not that's nah, not, it might not be. That's enough. that's a regular number. Yes, yeah, but a, if that's I that's an average KD night, so he do, he can't he can't be get tested every night. So get this, get this. So when Kobe when Kobe went for eighty one, oh man, they probably try to draw his blood. They probably try to do everything <laughs> with Kobe. Ain't no telling. I never asked him that. I, I, that 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 without that, that was the last game of the season, so they couldn't do it anyway. But right, right, right. Yeah, I'm sure that if if that was in the season, they would have. Oh, well, actually, eighty one. I'm thinking sixty. No, I don't know about eighty one. I wonder if they did. Yeah, because he was playing. That was a, was they playing Toronto? Toronto. I was thinking sixty on his way out, but yeah, eighty uh, probably. I, I, wouldn't be I didn't know they did that because he said it was. A re- he, he said in his interviews, like that's crazy. Like why would they do that to me? Like because mm-hmm. I. Scored. Oh, they did. They say, he said they did. Yeah, they oh, did. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like what? What are they looking yeah. for? He had a smoothie that had some extra <laughs> shit in it. Nah, Kobe used to put that. What well, Kobe was? Kobe was a motherfucker, man. Dope dude. I, I, I was so lucky to learn him off the court and, right. and go from you know just competitors. Because so I met Kobe in '98. When he came to the Lakers in '96, but you know it's well documented that he didn't get along with the group at the time. So he was always on at UCLA, eating, hanging out, talking to people, working out, playing. So it was just kind of an admiration, like, damn, this motherfucker's two years older than me, and he's so much better. I ain't never going to NBA. Like, what the fuck? This is what I, you know what I mean? So he was, was a baby, like and a, he was cooking. He set the bar, you know what I mean? So it was just always, he would sneak back in, or not sneak, he would come into Poly after we were done working out, and I would sneak back just to kind of watch him work out and his work ethic and how hard he worked. And then, lo and behold, I made the league. So it was just like, I remember watching him. So it was always like the bar, like, I got a guard code. This is so it was always just such an amazing matchup. And even when I told you earlier, you were talking about hit jumpers. Like, nah, I didn't look at it that. Like, I get to guard the like I used to get because I was a football player, so I want to play some defense on a motherfucker. So I'm guarding Kobe and these guys. So, you know, when it kind of came to a culmination in, in in Orlando in 2010, when I, you know I faked the ball in his face, and 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 you know after that game, it was right before the playoffs. 
They end up going to the finals. We lose in the Eastern Finals to Boston. I'm in Orlando. They go to the finals, beat Boston. Boston beat them two years prior. He calls me that summer. And anybody who knows me, like, I don't ever pick up my phone. Even if I see the name, I might even pass on my dad calling me sometimes. So it's, it's <laughs> like I don't pick up my phone. And I just happened to pick up this number, and it was him. I was like, what up, it's Cole. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. Who is he? He's like, nah. He starts laughing. He's like, and I heard his laugh. He's like, nah, it's me. It's me for real. I was like, oh, what's up, bro? How'd you get my number? Okay. He's like, what's going on? Just started talking. What are you doing this summer? He's <clears throat> like, oh, yeah, I'm still here in Florida chilling. I think I might go to Miami because I was talking to um, Pat Riley at the time, and that's when they were building the uh, the big three. Right. With, with, with Bron and them. So I'm thinking, all right, this Orlando situation is, right. is It's going to be they're sexy. Not, yeah, they're not really offering me what I think. Uh, Toronto had offered some good money, but they weren't winning at the time. Like, I wanted to win because we had just went to the Eastern Finals. Like, I got to win. So he's like, you want to be a Laker? I'm like, hell fucking yeah. Like, I grew up a Magic Johnson Showtime Laker. And like, right, right. <laughs> he's like, Any enough, anyone crazy enough to fuck with me is crazy enough to play with me. I was like, shit, well, I fucked with you, so what's up? You know what I mean? And like, you know, four or five days later, literally flown out to L.A. and I signed the papers and I was a Laker. So we went from competitors to Team. teammates and then to brothers instantly. Like, he was going through some stuff in, at the time in his life. I was going through some tough at the time of my life. So we literally just bonded. And we'll go around. People tell stories now like, damn, we never seen Kobe come out until you brought him. Like, we, you never seen, Jack tells a story one time we were in, because my whole routine when we used to fly, I always used to fly with my tree. So right. any hotel we go to, as soon as I get there, I'm, the team knows what I'm, I'm, I'm in the room, I'm chilling. <laughs> we're, in, we're in Milwaukee, Cole's like, what you doing? I was like, chilling. He's like, what are you doing after you're done chilling? I was just like, shit. He's like, let's do something. I'm like, we're in Milwaukee, bro. He's like, I don't give a fuck. So I hit Stack Jack, because he was in Milwaukee at the right. time, and. Lo and behold, I was like, Kobe wants to go out. He's like, quit fucking lying. He's like, what are you doing? I'm about to come small. I was like, no, nah, Kobe really wants to go out. Like, like let's do something. He's like, Shh, all right, if you're serious. And lo and behold, we pull up in a motherfucking Milwaukee club. But we just used to move around. He was the first person to ever take me to, like, the the, the Oscar parties and the black tie parties and the, and the events yeah. that, that my resume didn't measure up to get into. I used to <laughs> fuck with Kobe. Like, Kobe hey, Kobe, can you help me get in here real quick? It was dope because he had a little spot, so. He had a spot that was at the Ritz across the street, so we it was like the Batcave. Like we wouldn't even come up surface level. We went all the way underground from the Staples Center all the way up to his place. Shot up there, changed, had a couple of drinks, got in the car, and then we hit the streets. And it was just like I, you know, got a chance to just get to know him. That's and super really fuck with fly, him. And man. From the jump, he, you know, the boys, the boys were like three or four when I when I first came to the Lakers and. It was Uncle Cole from the Rip. Like the first time he saw him, like he's like, "What sizes are you guys?" And I was like, "Oh, let me ask their mom." Got their sizes. Every time a shoe dropped, he sent it to the twins. Every single oh, time. Every time the twins came in the locker room, they run. So they run to his ass for. They run to me. Right. Like it was like it was like Uncle, Uncle Cole. Cole. So just to get a chance to see that side of him, and then fast forward post career where he's coaching Gigi, I'm coaching the twins, and we're always at the same tournament. So he would hit me up like, "Yo, what time you play?" We play at nine. I tell you, what time you play? We play at eleven. All right, we'll probably see you tomorrow. This motherfucker will come two hours early to watch some seven or eight year old kids. Play. Oh yeah, he was into you know it. I mean, yeah. like it was crazy. Like, actually, it's funny. It just came up on memory. I want to show you. Literally, just came and I say, wow, no more. It just I came have. On. Wow, man. It just came to my memory yesterday. Look. Oh. Watch. You don't see. The boys are so little. He's right there. Right there, bro. No, even at 100. Right I could tell you, I'm going to tell you a crazy Kobe story. <clears throat> True story. Kobe is fresh into the NBA. Just got here. Mm -hmm. Fre fresh, went, just went to the prom with Brandy. 
I'm on MTV. This is 96. Hey, you were doing your thing back in the 90s, Yeah, come bro. on, baby. Come oh, on. Man. This is 96. Come on, I'm man. literally here at West Hollywood Park. There's a, that we shooting Kobe, welcoming him, welcoming him as a Laker. They had Eddie Jones. Mm -hmm. They had Nick Van Elsu. They had um, uh, Shaq. And they had, didn't they have, didn't they have Sid Sabalas too? Probably. Right? Roughly yeah. in there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Speed the story up. So this is like, this is 90, 1996. Kobe had just went to the prom uh, with Brandy. Mm -hmm. So I'm meeting him for the first time. We meet in West Hollywood at this little park, right? So I'm interviewing Kobe or whatever, whatever, and some dudes playing. So Kobe was like, yo, yo, you want to play? You want to play for a few minutes? I'm like, yeah, I always right. keep my shit with me, bro. Right. You ready Come to play? Whatever. Put my sneakers on or whatever, right? I swear to God, there was about four moves he did I never seen a basketball player do in my life. Like, 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 I've never seen it before, bro. He's, like, eight, he's 18 at the 17, he, 18, right? He's 17. Okay. Yep. Bro, my man, my man said, are you ready? This is a, never, I never seen nobody say this. He said, yo, my man, you ready? You sure? <laughs> I'm gonna give you a chance to back out right now. Bro, literally he did like in and out, cross, hezzy, up fake, and just took off line. I was just like, you know what? Punched it. Boom. I said, yo, man, I called my dudes. This is true. This is on one of my uh one of my um on one of my true stories. I called all my boys back in New York. I said, yo, man, I just seen the next Michael Jordan. Do you know nobody believed me? I said, yo, man, I swear to God, I just played with this kid. He about 17. I ain't never seen no shit like this. He can fly. He stay in the air all day and his jumper wet. He got handles. He got everything and he's super athletic. They was like, yo, man, get the fuck out of here. Ain't nobody better than Mike. Ah! Ah! It was him. It was him. It was, it was, him. It was young Kobe it was Bryant. It, people could see it then. And every time the thing about Kobe, obviously he was, you know, God blessed him with tremendous God-giving talent, but I think he paid God back every day by how hard he worked on top of that. Facts. Worked his ass off, but we went. So he had used to have a camp in Santa Barbara where Mike used to have his camp, but then Cove kind of was doing his thing out there. So I remember I went out there one time to speak to the kids, and we'd be like, you want to play three? I'm thinking, like, bro, I smoked the whole way up here. I'm, gonna just, I'm just talking <laughs> to these fucking kids. Like, nah, he's like, nah, we about to play. Oh, no. I'm like, all right, bro. When I tell you we played probably 12 and 13-year-olds, Kobe was in game seven of the finals mode. Playing dunking on kids. kids, blocking on kids, made a kid fall, getting hard. Like, <laughs> not like, I'm thinking like, I'm just blown away. I'm sitting back yo, laughing. Like, and yo, you like, yo, Kobe, man, ease up on yeah, these children, kinda baby. Kind of just moving around. But Kobe was, if he was playing basketball, he was playing basketball. It doesn't matter where at the park. It didn't matter if he was at the yeah, camp. It was teenagers. Like, he was all the way in, and yeah. that's, that's just him. Man, what a great story. Can we give a round of applause for Kobe Bryant? Right, man, Rest in peace to my dog. R.I.P. Kobe yeah. Bryant. Matt, man, I think, man, where you are in your life right now is such a it's such a wonderful thing to see our brothers out here who really, really got their life together and really focused on what's important, man. You are inspirational, bro. Thank and you. you are a, a black dad doing the, I'm calling it black daddy magic. Yeah. You know, we don't get no props out here uh, in these streets. You just no uh, trophies for us. Right. But we out here. Yeah. To all the fathers out there that are, you know, loving raising their kids to all the dads that really want to make the time and do make the time, man, we, we salute you. Um, Money don't take up for time either, no. man. Spend that time. Time, time is 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 the money with your mm -hmm. kids, man. I'm really proud to have Matt on here. Before you get out of here, I gotta get you with all facts, bro. Yeah. All facts. All facts is a part of top billing. When we ask our guests 
two great questions, and you just got to tell the truth, which I know you're going to do anyway. All right? Yeah. Three, two, one. If you could pick your favorite starting five, you, you being one of the five to get to play, and y'all get to play anybody, who would your five be or your four that you're going to add to your, to your squad? Magic. Boom. Mike. Cove. Damn. Shaq. Oh. And me. Oh, that's it. You don't need nothing else. No. Y'all good. <laughs> yeah. You straight. Okay. It's, we straight against straight. the world. Yeah. It's, that's the t-shirt. Us versus everybody. The world, for real. All right. Here we go. Here we go. One more time. All right. Our facts. This is where we get an opportunity to ask our guests a question, and they have to give it to us. All facts. Best weed you ever smoked. Ooh. And with whom? Ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, I'm lucky. I mean, shout out Seven Leaves. I, the company I'm with, we got some fire. I, I'm, I'm going to flip it on you a little bit. I just think the first time smoking with Snoop, you know, I, that's the one person everybody wants to smoke with. Yeah. Wants, man, I, I remember, don't even smoke and I want to smoke and with And I remember Snoop. he told me, he's like, damn, nephew, you not you don't smoke like an athlete. You smoke like a rapper. Because I was really, you know what I mean? I was, I was, I, I prepared. Was you, like, was you engaged? I visualized like, yo, when I make it, the one motherfucker I'm going to smoke with is Snoop. So I was, had been practicing my whole life. Like I was trying to make it to the league. So the one day I got my chance to shine, I, you know what I mean? I, I, I showed up well. So now it's, that's big bro now. So, you yo, know, we do, we do you know Wiz Khalifa said the same thing. Yeah. Wiz said when he was 12 years old, he was like, dog, when I get big, the biggest moment going to be for Snoop. me to smoke on, with man. Snoop. And it happened, man. Dreams come true. I got a story with, with Wiz too. So I'm in uh, I'm in Amsterdam. This is when I was playing with the Clippers, and I was with some of my teammates. I leave them anonymous because they still play. Okay. Um. So we're in a coffee shop getting it in. They, one dude got so fucked up that they had to carry him out, and they had him holding him upside down and pouring water on his face. I guess that's what they do out there. He was so lit. So I'm just like, you're Damn, trying to get some circulation to the brain. Around, what was going on? <laughs> So next thing I know, like we hear, and you know Amsterdam has waterways, so we hear someone banging that new Wiz, and I was a huge Wiz fan. I'm like, damn, someone's banging that shit, like loud as a motherfucker. So I go outside, and it's Wiz coming down the waterway in a boat. Happens to be, and so we were at the, uh, I was it green something, green something, and our hotel is literally right next door. Like we, the girls took our bags, and we went right to smoking. So Wiz gets off, docks right here, sees us, what up, what up? He's like, oh, I was like, damn, where are you staying? He's like, I'm right here. Motherfucker was staying next door to me in the same hotel. <laughs> so me, look at God, man, won't me, he do it? So it was won't the first time it? I smoked. Me and four of my homies uh, went up there and we smoked with Wiz, and it was unbelievable. Um, he he was, and I, that was the one thing. Like I always knew myself, so I wasn't dabbing. He was trying to get everyone to dab, and a couple of my homeboys bit the bullet and dabbed, and they were nut. But we literally smoked the entire like until like four in the morning. They were bringing fans in our room. All kinds, like it was like it was, Wiz. It was it's an epic moment. Wiz is a heavy, and he's my neighbor now too. We still haven't. Like, he literally moved like four houses down. From now here's so the funny part. Leave. Like now, you know, Wiz came and left us something. You have a cannabis cup, so he came uh, in and, 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 and left the uh, Khalifa cushion. And, and so I know you got the I'm Barnes, a, the barn oh, yeah. house. I'm gonna storm. have to. I, I re up tomorrow. Literally, it was supposed to be here today, but it's okay. coming from Saks. So don't come by. Next, you can't come by top billing. Then don't drop off top billing. Fam. Next time I'm here, I'm just gonna bring you some. Even though you don't even have to interview me, I'm just gonna. You I'm just gonna drop some shit. I'm gonna talk like, hey, the glass. I gotta go pick the kids up. But here, <laughs> give this to the team. I got you. Seven leaves. Yo, and I swear to God, man. He, he went right before you left. Right, he was like, "Yo, Bill, I want you to have some." So I go right here, and I, and I just went, 
I ain't even have Instantly. to go here. Oh yeah, he's heavy on it. It, it just the aroma. I was like, oh my god! I, I just literally—he's such a good dude, great man. dude, great. Energy. I love, I love um, where the cannabis community is at this point. I realized that um, you know the world is accepting it. Mm -hmm. It's still, you know, still kind of breaking through on certain places. But what I love most about the cannabis community. They, they really chill people. Oh, super chill. Super chill. That's why people, like like I said, when they would see me, they think they see me for two hours, like, oh, this dude's crazy. And then they'll see me after the game, and I'm chill. Like, <laughs> that was just my job, man. You I gotta, in your zone, yeah, man. I'm not even chill. playing right I now. I really feel like, you know, they're, they're the part of the plant that can help everybody, you know, whether it be, you know, from the CBD side or the, yeah. the medical side for children and helping all the, you know, the, the childhood illnesses all the way to our grandparents. And I think we've been so brainwashed by, you know, Big Pharma. I think we have to... You know, I, I talk to people all the time that, man, we cut our medicine cabinet in, ca or medicine cabinet in half or we throw in our medicine cabinet away and take edibles now or we do this or I'll smoke before I go to sleep or this CBD cream. The CBD cream is my, crazy. You know what I mean? So it's just like I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, we still have more to go, but I just think it's more socially accepted now and, it's, and, and people are starting to realize it's really beneficial for us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first right here on Top Billing. We have... Matt Barnes, the Miss, Mr. Original, Mr. Authentic, Mr. Real, and he got a chance to smoke with Wiz and Snoop, boy. Listen, boy, you know God works in mysterious ways. Hey, we'll see you on the next one, only on Top Billing, baby. Peace. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Appreciate you. Milk is chilling. Kiss is chilling. What more can I say? Top